Well, thank you so much, Rick and Ivy, for your incredible words of encouragement and the inspiration that that is to us today. We love hearing your story. Well, each day over this past week, we have reflected on one of the seven I am sayings of Jesus found in the Gospel of John. We started last Sunday with Jesus' words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. On Monday, I am the light of the world. On Tuesday, I am the vine, you are the branches. On Wednesday, I am the gate for the sheep. On Thursday, I am the bread of life. And today on this Good Friday, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And on Easter Sunday, we will celebrate with the words, I am the resurrection and the life. The very best thing that we can do this morning is to offer God our praise and worship. If God the Father loves his suffering son, then we can believe, too, that God the Father loves a suffering world. What gives me great comfort in being a follower of Jesus is that the God we worship is not a stranger to hardship and affliction. Our praise is not just for easy days. It's for today, as we remember Jesus nailed to a cross. It's for today, as we live in the awareness of a COVID-19 reality. Nothing can separate us from God's love. So my prayer for us as a church is that we might live out hope over confusion, trust over worry, empathy over self-interest, contentment over agitation, and compassion over despair. Now today, the key passage of scripture is John 10, 11 to 18. Rochelle just read that to us a few moments ago, and uh, I invite you to have your scriptures open to this passage, and I want you to center on with me on verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus develops this thought in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And then in verse 15, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. In the Old Testament, we're already given the picture of God being our shepherd. Rick and Ivy referred to it, this well-known 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. And this shepherd does not walk away from us in the valley, but is with us. In Isaiah 40, we read of how God tends his flock like a shepherd and gathers the lambs in his arms. The shepherd is tender in the care of his sheep, and that is who Jesus is for us. Jesus identifies himself not just as a shepherd, but as the good shepherd. In contrast, the hired hand, or the false shepherd, looks after himself, and doesn't care about the sheep. The word that John uses for good also means beautiful, or it can mean, I am the model shepherd. In other words, Jesus is the best example of what a shepherd can be. 
there is a magnetic, compelling power to his love. His love for you and me is beautiful. At this point in this gospel story, the disciples had known Jesus' glory, his miracles, and his powerful teaching. But to think of Jesus being weak and vulnerable seemed incomprehensible. Jesus laying down his life for others seemed so unnecessary. It was shocking and upsetting. But Jesus knew the path that he must take for our salvation. And here Jesus uses the image of a shepherd laying down his life for the sheep. This is the image of mysterious love. We slow down and we pause when someone lays down their life in a sacrificial act for others. We realize that something beautiful is happening. Think of the story of Maximilian Kolbe. He was a Polish priest who provided shelter for thousands of Jews during the Second World War. He was arrested by the German Gestapo and imprisoned at Auschwitz. One day in the prison camp, a fellow prisoner escaped. The Nazis selected 10 other prisoners to be killed as a kind of punishment. And as they were lined up to die, one of the 10 began to cry, my wife, my children, I will never see them again. And at this, Maximilian stepped forward and asked to die in his place. His request was granted, and he led the other people away in song and prayer as they awaited their deaths. Think of what happened last September in New York City, where there were 301 trainees who graduated as probationary firefighters. What is amazing is that 21 of them were children of those who died in the line of duty in 9-11. Some months ago, they took an oath, just like their parents did, to serve New York City. Never before has there been a class filled with as many children of 9-11 victims. If it were to happen again, it was their job and they went to save people, and I would probably do the same thing, said Leonard Regaglia Jr., whose father died the day of the attacks and who graduated from the fire academy with his brother, Anthony. Think of what is happening now, right now, both here in Canada and around the world. Home quarantine citizens are expressing love for healthcare workers on the front lines of the global COVID-19 outbreak, even as it spreads across much of the world. Shouts and applause are ringing out in many locked down cities and social media is being flooded with messages of support for those braving the outbreak for others. Now think of the image that Jesus uses as a shepherd. In Bible times, in the warmth of summer, the shepherd would take the sheep out to pasture. And when nightfall came, 
The sheep would find their safety in temporary summer shelters where there is a wall of stones made as an enclosure. But the entryway to the enclosure had no door, so the shepherd would sleep across the opening to stop the sheep from getting out and to stop predators from getting in. The life of a faithful shepherd was a difficult job. And when the sheep were in the greatest danger, it is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. This is more than just a nice image. This is the reality of the cross. And this is Christ's sacrificial love for his ragtag group of fickle followers. When you look at verse 16, you notice that Jesus' flock has expanded to include you and me. His vast reach of infinite love extends widely in the words of the most famous verse in Scripture, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. The story of the shepherd laying down his life for the sheep is at the heart of God's love for us. Here is the single greatest gift to the world. The story of the good shepherd laying down his life really is an image of the cross. And the cross is the center of the story. I want you to notice that Jesus lays down his life voluntarily. He says, I lay down my life. It is not taken by force. It is freely given, and it is his greatest gift to the world. He laid down his life, exchanging his riches for our poverty, his righteousness for our unrighteousness, his compassion for our self-absorption, his love for our loneliness. Consider the role of the Good Shepherd. The shepherd keeps the sheep safe. The shepherd nurses the sick back to health. The shepherd is vigilant at night. The shepherd offers sacrificial love, and the sheep simply receive the help that is needed. The sheep can do nothing to rescue themselves. Can you imagine a sheep saying, I don't need the shepherd. I can keep myself safe so too our salvation is done for us by Christ alone. We cannot get away from this truth that Christ died in our place. As the disciple John writes in the New Testament letter, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Or as Isaiah tells us, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is the center of the story. It is beautiful. It is voluntary. It is done for us and not something that we can perform how do we respond 
to such sacrificial love? Let me suggest one response that we find in John chapter 10. Spend your life in the presence of the Good Shepherd. Live your moments in union with him so that his life flows out of you. Jesus says in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. In Bible times, a shepherd often lived the solitary life and would actually get to know his sheep. A shepherd would name his sheep, just like you think carefully about the name that you will give to your cat or dog or your hamster, or even your goldfish. Tell me this, how did you decide to name your pet? How did you give your name to your pet? Well, we named our cat Lucy. And Lucy has received his, her name from the Narnia Chronicles. Thanks, Miriam. God knows you. You're not just a number. You're not just a number. And when David prays in the Psalms, he says, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. God speaks to us through the prophet Isaiah. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. God knows you by name. It made me think of what, how much Rick and Ivy referred to Delilah the dog and Smarty the cat. And Ivy has mentioned to me that when Smarty's in trouble, his name is actually Smarty D. Tobiter. He knows you by name. In a world that might seem out of control, Jesus says that he knows you. And he knows exactly what you are walking through. Jesus also says, my sheep know me. Warren Gill, a professor of animal husbandry, says that sheep can actually recognize an individual and carry that memory for up to two years. They can react to facial expressions. They prefer a smile to a grimace or a frown. And persons with a calm, confident manner are much more effective as shepherds than a nervous, noisy person. In other words, the sheep recognize the good shepherd. Whatever you face today, Jesus is the good shepherd who will walk with you through the danger that you face. The Canadian Ministry of Agriculture has a website for the care of sheep. And here's one sentence of their instruction for sheep. Sheep are social animals, so try and prevent exclusion. Here's what I would like to remind you of. As you spend your life in the presence of the Good Shepherd, realize that you will need to be around other sheep. Sheep are safer in a flock, and once scattered, they become easy prey. Don't believe the lie that you have to face your trouble all by yourself. So often I find that God offers his care through a friend who comes my way, whether it's personally or now 
virtually. Who is God calling you to come alongside today through a letter, a text, a video chat? So live your days in the presence of the Good Shepherd. Sheep are in desperate need of a Good Shepherd. They cannot be left unattended for one day. They need caring, watching, cleaning, feeding, and troubleshooting 365 days a year. And God describes us as sheep. How do we respond to such sacrificial love? Maybe you have never really asked this shepherd to be your good shepherd. You can ask him today. Today you can tell him that you want to spend your life in his presence. Today you can cry out for his saving care in your life. Today you can choose to follow his lead and enter into an abundant life. And if you already know the shepherd a little, it's not time to stand still. We can pray with the Apostle Paul, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. We all want that. But Paul also includes, I want to know him and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Do you know that suffering? We've spent most of our time camped out in John chapter 10. And when we turn the pages ahead to John 19, we come to the decisive moment where he now carries out this act of love. John gives an account of his last words before he died on the cross in verse 30, where Jesus said in John 19:30, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. So we give thanks for the all-sufficient work of Christ on the cross. This is God's triumphant action in history. His finished work in laying down his life is good. Even as we groan and wait for healing in the world, even as we wait for the restoration of all things, even as we wait for resurrection. With his dying breath, he said, it is finished. Jesus was not saying, this is the end, or it's over. Instead, he was saying, it is completed. It is perfected. He has done what he came into the world to do. When we look at Christ's work on the cross, we know that what he has done is enough. We can add nothing else to our salvation. His work of salvation is complete. There is nothing left to do. It is finished is a trumpet call of hope. Whatever feels unfinished with us is triumphed by the sufficient, decisive, and enduring work of Jesus on the cross. This morning, 
we have a chance to linger in the presence of the one who loved us and laid down his life for us as we gather around the table. And now, Pastor Richard is going to guide us as we share this communion meal with each other.